1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Thank you, Mysterious Voice Guy. Friday night, baby. I'm wearing my cozy socks. That's how amped up I am. Oil kings and wheat kings. No score, minute left in the first period. NHL, Rangers, two Sabres, nothing. That's late in the second. Also late in the second. Penguins up 3-0 on the Capitals. No score early in the second between the Preds and Devils. Still to come, Wings and Avs, Panthers and Coyotes, or Coyotes, as some of you say. Jets take on the Canucks and the Flyers. Meet the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow, right here on 6.30, Chad. It's the Oilers and the Hurricanes. 6.30 faceoff show, game at 8. Optional practice for the Oilers today, fairly well attended. Three goalies on the ice for the first half or so of the practice. Mike Smith was taking part. Then he left, so he's uh, inching closer to a return here. Duncan Keith skated before that optional practice. Dave Tippett said today, Neither man will play tomorrow but they are coming along. So uh hopefully Keith and Smith return before Christmas. Chris Russell getting more tests today after taking that hit last night in the first period against Boston or in the second period against Boston. Uh looked like a shoulder issue for him though Tippett didn't confirm anything today. More tests today for Chris Russell, likely out at least a week. So Philip Broberg has been recalled from Bakersfield though he never actually Uh, went to Bakersfield. He was uh, sent down yesterday, but it had not left. So uh, he sticks around. So more injuries for the Oilers defense, just as Duncan Keith is getting closer. Chris Russell goes out tough blow there for sure. All right. Uh, Well, this is going to be fun because uh, as you know, Jack Michaels does play by play for the Oilers on both radio and television, but a lot more on television lately. But he's on the radio tomorrow, and we welcome back to the 630 Chet Airwaves my friend Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing? Uh, Well, I've enjoyed my time away from you, but
0: now I'm, you know, faced with the distinct possibility that I will be not only seeing you in person, but uh, conversing with you again shortly. So I suppose I'm as ready as I'm going to be.
1: Yeah, this is... This is interesting because when you're doing all these TV games, it, you're not even on the same level as me. You, you've, you've totally, you get to go to another part of the building away from me entirely. You must be in heaven.
0: Well, I'm I'm much below you, Reed, uh, which I know, you know, enthralls you as, as you've, you know, done everything you can to to keep me beneath you at all points. But what I will say is I'm very upset with you. I, I have to admit, I did not appreciate your promo on last night's game. Uh, the homestand continues Saturday night against Carolina. Jack Michaels will have the call. Please listen anyway. I thought that was uncalled for. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the exact wording. It was implied, maybe. What hurt me even more was the pre-produced promotion I've heard Where, you know, the excitement over Cam Moon announcing all the games and then they do the subliminal, you know, kind of like the thing, the warnings on all the drugs you see on TV and Jack Michaels will be doing Saturday against Carolina. I didn't like that either. I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't care for that. I, I feel like I've been forgotten. Uh, Bob Stauffer forgot my, did you hear his sign off on the face-off show uh, for Cameroon and my other broadcast partner, uh black hair uh kind American. of chubby i didn't like that either
1: <laughs> well i still though i mean it's not like we, we've completely forgotten you but yeah i, I feel of.
0: definitely elbowed into a certain corner <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's gonna be fun to have you uh, back on did, did, like people ask me well how do they decide who does which game and i'm just like i don't know it's saw my flip problem. a coin I mean, whatever
0: Cam and I feel like when we get to yeah, the yes. ring, we talk about it. You know, I per—I think you know what I think it is. This is why I think he's become a favorite. Is he's much sleeker than I am? You know, like he's—he's uh, he's like a greyhound. You know, he's in shape. He's smooth. <laughs> You know, I'm grizzled, portly, you know. So I I, I think that's why you guys like him is he improves your Q rating while I just drag
1: it down. (laughs) Well, perhaps. Now, you mentioned Greyhound. Now, obviously, I did not hear this because I was uh, upstairs uh, listening to the radio broadcast and watching the Oilers in the Wild, but I started seeing all these tweets like, where's the dog am i and people are wondering if they're doting their ears and then it turns out and i'll let you take it from here it turns out there was a, a canine in your vicinity during that game what's the story
0: well i didn't know exactly where he was all i knew was that we had seen him before the game and actually you know louie kind of went over and started you know ask permission to pet it because i think with service dogs you gotta you know make sure you're not interfering with the training or whatever so we ended up you know meeting the dog's name was oakley and we took a picture with it before the game ever started before the legend that would become oakley was born and then what happened was apparently he was sitting right underneath us. And apparently, you know, as as the crowd filled in, he became either slightly alarmed, or I, you know, I don't know what the situation was, or he didn't like the way the oilers played in the first period, but he all of a sudden had quite a bit to say and you know at first my thought was well let me just continue announcing the game and then you know pretty soon it became obvious that hey i'm gonna have to address this and acknowledge the fact that there's a dog coming over the air because You know, at at one point, you really could have made the argument that it was a three-man booth, me, Louie, and the dog. That's how loud he was. And, again, he was, you know, I think he had a lot more intelligent things than certainly I had to say in the first period.
1: (laughs) Well, he was following the play more uh, accurately, I would say. More precisely
0: and (laughs) and more concisely, uh, you know. So so right now, I feel like I'm maybe the number three guy in the play-by-play rotation.
1: Well, we'll have to see if we can get Oakley uh, back in to do a game. Now, you have—you uh, still own one of the best segments in the history of inside sports, at least in my tenure as the host, uh, several years ago when you told the story about calling the ostrich race. So you have the ostrich races under your belt. You, you have the uh, dog on Sportsnet under your belt. Do you have any other animal broadcasting stories, either intentional or unintentional?
0: Well, that's a really good question. I I'd have to I'd have to think about that. Animal broadcasting stories. You know what? I I would say this. Uh I do not believe I've had a dog, or for that matter, any other, you know, non-human life form uh that close to me during a game. I I, I can honestly tell you that i haven't had that kind of scenario uh, you know that would that would have been a distraction uh you know i've had i think i told you the scenario where i did a game in vegas one time and it started at nine o'clock and it was adults only yeah <laughs> this was this was the minor league team i think i told you and they had they had strippers in the building and they they came over and, uh, you know, made contact with me, which was probably uh, inappropriate, certainly would be in today's day and age while I was broadcasting. I, I do remember that, but I formed uh, you know, the Oakley was o- Oakley was definitely unique.
1: All right. Jack Michaels joining us on Inside Sports. Sorry, Jack, you cut out there for a, for a second here, but I think we got the gist of your story uh, with the with the night in Vegas. Uh, Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports as he will be back on 630 Chet of the Oilers Radio Network tomorrow as the Oilers take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, like, are you uh, – where do you stand on this first goal of the game story? <laughs> like, is it uh, – are are you like, okay, let mean, in terms of 13 of the last 16, not getting it. I I think it's starting to catch up with Edmonton.
0: I mean, if, and, and the record bears itself out. I mean, you know, up until the last few games, the Oilers were, you know, still above 500 when giving up the first goal and, and they were getting away with it. But as the season moves along, You know, and you ask anyone this, and that's why, like, training camp injuries are are so difficult to overcome, and and it often kind of derails your entire season, is the game gets faster, you know, after the first 15 games, more difficult. It'll get more difficult in game 50 than it is right now, and it'll get more difficult right before the playoffs than it is in game 50. And so what happens is when you have you know, flaws in your game, flaws in your starts, flaws in anything. Over time, they become, you know, more and more of a problem. And I think that's what we're seeing with Edmonton is, yes, they were explosive enough early to overcome some early mistakes and overcome tough starts. But now you're when you're constantly chasing the game and the season progresses and everyone's up to speed and everyone's, you know, starting to get healthy and some bodies back, it becomes that much more difficult to you know kind of outscore those mistakes and and that's why you know i think a, a couple of early goals here in the next few games would go a long way toward you know settling edmonton down and and you know fine tuning their game where they're playing the right way i will say this reed you know at the end of that stretch you know where edmonton started 9 and 1 and and, and 16 and 5 I thought the Oilers won some games where they necess- where they didn't necessarily deserve to win. And part of it could be attributed to the bad starts that you just brought up. But now at, at the tail end, or, or what Oiler fans hope would be the tail end of this losing streak, the last couple of games have been much better than the first two of the four-game slide. And you wonder now whether it's kind of going the other way, where Edmonton is starting to play better and hasn't gotten rewarded for it often when it comes to streaks at the end you're often getting the reverse result of what you actually deserve and I think the Oilers are hoping it it swings the other way on Saturday against the Canes
1: yeah I think that's that's a fair comment and and they talked about it today and obviously you know our colleague Rob Brown has talked about it a lot how you know when that team has the lead whether it's the Oilers or anybody else that it could change the style of how they play, right? You don't necessarily need that next goal. You know, you can play for, uh, if it does wind up being tied the rest of the way, you're fine and you're still going to get the win. So, yeah. Well, look
0: at how LA played for, you know, a solid 30 or 35 minutes. Then they finally got on the power play and put the game away. I mean, they were just skating to the red line and dumping it in because they could, because they had the early lead. I think Minnesota, to some extent, Boston did until Edmonton tied it and then the Bruins made a push and I thought Rob Brown made a very good point regarding that but I still think Edmonton is getting closer I mean 43 shots last night one off their season high in a win over Arizona another game where they had to come from behind and another game kind of late in that stretch of games where the Oilers were getting away with it they're no longer getting away with it but they've put together two pretty good games in a row and if they can do it again on saturday i expect the result might get flipped but it won't be easy because you know the next two opponents are are not duck soup i mean the Oilers are starting to see the top 10 in the league and they certainly will in minnesota carolina and toronto those are all top 10 teams boston got a breakthrough win last night they had been one and six against top 10 teams before beating edmonton last night now it'll be the Oilers' turn to break through and, and kind of right the ship and get the season uh, back on track from a results perspective. But I do think their games have been better later in the week than they were earlier in the week.
1: All right. Uh, I got to ask you, we'll, we'll do it now, even though I know we're going to have you on the face-off show again tomorrow. You, you, you have your great cup pick ready to go. I need the winning team and the score.
0: Well, you know, I'm a little thrown because there's – you know, this is a rematch, correct?
1: Yeah, from twenty nineteen from the last yeah, time this there was a rematch.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it, it's theoretically a rematch, but I imagine some bodies have changed in the last two years. Look, I, I think I think Winnipeg has done a fantastic job all year of establishing its rouge game. I think, you know, <laughs> in a in a tight scenario. Uh, you need to count on that and and so i i believe you know they'll they'll work their way out to about an 11 to 4 lead and kind of build from there and I, and i'm predicting the blue bombers to repeat uh, by the score of 32 to 18
1: 32 18 jack michael's um, with a lot of rouges along the way okay you know it's it, that's interesting though because blake Dermott has said that the kicking game Maybe getting ones instead of threes could be their, their downfall as we get into this this game. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, buddy, this uh, interview definitely went to the dogs. We'll see you at the rake tomorrow.
0: And if anyone should have any further Grey Cup questions or breakdowns on the championship game, uh, Reed, you have my personal information. Feel free to share because I can think of no greater expert uh, when it comes to Grey Cup prognostication and analysis than yours truly. And I say that with all due humility. Yes. Very humble of you, Jack. Thanks for
1: checking in tonight. That is the play-by-play voice for Reuner with Oilers on 630 Chet at Sportsnet. He is on Ched tomorrow for the game. He has 32-18 for the Bombers. Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, texted me. He has 24-9. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Time for the bombers. We will catch up with some of your predictions at 780-496-0063 when we get back. Okay, here we go. We have some. Scott from Watasquin. He says the bombers win at 46-19. Don is calling a much closer game. He says Winnipeg takes it 23-17. Norman a combine says WKRP, it's raining turkeys. I, I said throw in a uh, some kind of pop culture reference if you can of course Norm combine uh, Norman a combine comes through with its raining turkeys from WKRP he says Winnipeg 3217 all right a lot of uh, a lot of love for the bombers Well, they are favored not Kenny Kenny says Hamilton takes it 27-13. gamer Brian. Says his son is predicting Hamilton 25-14, but Brian is going Winnipeg in a fairly close one, 29-23. Uh, Coach Al says the Bombers win in a blowout. The Tiger Cats will be revealed as cats, no doubt. The game will be over by half. Too large a lead. It'll be a laugh. Oh, he did a little poem. That's awesome. He has Bombers 40, Hamilton 13. That is from Coach Al. Uh, the Zach says the canned hammers. I am, I am beat Winnipeg twenty seventeen. Says Dr. Seuss. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you, the Zach. <laughs> uh, somebody else picking the Bombers thirty uh Sorry, thirty five twenty four. Uh, <laughs> Blair says, "I like how Blair wrote this." He says, Hamilton 3128, this isn't a prediction read, this is a spoiler. That's from Blair. Blair either extremely confident or a time traveler from the future. See, now I picture Blair, okay, Blair, this is how I'm now going to picture you whenever you text into the show, that you come through in like one of those lightning bubbles how how the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, arrived and all the other Terminators came from the future. Remember, there was a kind of lightning sphere and then they appeared naked, of course. I, I guess I don't take my thoughts of you that far, Blair, okay? I cut it off with just a lightning storm and then I immediately see you in a leather jacket and leather pants and sunglasses coming from the future to make sports predictions on inside sports. Blair, that's awesome. <laughs> uh Riley in Bonnyville says Winnipeg 3320 we're gonna have to play the Terminator music coming back from break in honor of Blair I hope you've seen that movie Blair Cowtown Bob says I texted you earlier this year when the CFL announced there would be a season at that time I predicted a win by Hamilton I will finish off this prediction by stating they will win 28-25. So Hamilton coming through with a few predictions in the end, but uh, much closer games. So a few people calling a blowout for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right, uh, this is going to be cool. We'll catch up with Natalia Jay, who has uh, transitioned quite successfully from playing receiver in the CFL into broadcasting, and he actually did some work for 630 Chet a few years ago. He's coming up to talk about the Grey Cup and some other CFL storylines, like going to four-down football.